Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Sarah Reynolds. I'm Via Williams. And I'm Wendy Papazan. So I just want to start out with a quote. In the school of life, difficult people are the faculty. They teach us our most important spiritual lessons, the lessons that we would be most unlikely to learn on our own. And this is by Mark Rosen. So guys, today, uh, actually by popular demand, a few people have reached out and asked us to speak on this topic. We're going to be talking about how to deal with difficult people. Uh, I doubt there's anyone listening who hasn't dealt with a difficult person. And you know, for those of you that are in real estate, it's part of one of the skills that you need to mm-hmm. learn in order to really grow a big business. You need to get a little bit of a tough skin and you need to be able to have those confrontations with difficult people. So we're going to talk today about the why. You know, A lot of people might just say, hey, don't worry about it. Don't deal with it. But I think there's real reasons for deciding that. And then we're just going to go through several reasons for how to deal with those difficult people in your life. So I hope you enjoy it. That's right. And and let's start with the why. Because here's the thing. It is universal. Like There's no way any of us are going through life without dealing with difficult people. <laughs> it's just yes. like, that's just, it's just a thing. Like it will, it will not, not happen, right? Double negative. And so one of the, one of the mantras that I've always lived by is, you know, bad news does not get better with time. And it's the same thing with difficult people. The situation will not get better with time, most likely. I mean, maybe it will, but most of the time you have to iron out, you know, what the conflict is, right? And, and this is really hard for some personalities, some behavioral styles really struggle with this. There's a lot of behavioral mm-hmm. styles. A lot of our listeners who just Seychelle raises her, her hand because you Some don't like confrontation. Yeah. <laughs> raises the hand. I think it's hard for everybody, but I think it's harder for some. And you know, I, I also think that that the reason it's universal and it's always going to be in our lives, you guys, is that like at the end of the day, people's stripes don't change that much, right? A zebra doesn't really change its stripes, and we can all become better and more evolved. And and most of the time, the the person that you're dealing with, you know, is probably not going to change that behavioral style too much. So you're going to have to figure out a way to move forward or to separate, you know, really. Sarah, you have, um, you, you like you like the analogy of eating the frog when we talk about yes. kind of addressing this early. Yeah, there's a, a little book and it's been around a long time. I don't know when it came out. By Brian but Tracy, I read it. isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I read it early on in my career uh, called eat, eat the Frog or Eat That Frog. And it talks about the importance of getting something done that is difficult or hard as soon as possible. And I talk about it a lot with my team because in real estate, we're dealing with clients on hard conversations. We're dealing with, you know, sometimes telling a seller that their house is worth $100,000 less or telling a buyer that they lost out on the house of their dreams, right? Like, so we're having constantly have to have these hard conversations at times. And what I have found is that a lot of people want to prolong them. So they have the news or they, they know that they have to have a conversation, but they take a long time to actually have it. And it's so important to get it sort of out of the way. And as Via said, you know, on our team, we always say time kills deals, right? Well, time also makes problems worse as time goes on. And so I'm always telling my team, eat the frog, get it over with. Your day will be better when you uh, deal with a difficult person or deal with a difficult situation quickly. 
You know, I I love that because I feel like if there is anywhere that that book applies, this is like the most important place it can apply. And I think that mixed with for me reframing in my brain like what actually a difficult conversation means. And and Susan Scott mm. has a book called Fierce Conversations. And I, so I'll be honest, like her book changed my life like completely on how I viewed difficult Mine people too. and difficult conversations. And and something she says in the book is the conversation is the relationship. And yes. so by dealing with a difficult person or dealing with honestly sometimes a difficult person really is just a difficult conversation that needs to be had by not having that you're actually not honoring the relationship you want to have with that person. And so for me that totally by understanding that our relationship can't move forward in the productive way it needs to without having that conversation it completely changed the way I viewed confrontation or a difficult person for that matter. Yep. I think you know that leads to sort of what I would also recommend, you know, knowing, okay, we got to have this conversation quickly, meaning don't let it fester. But also, you want to make sure that you're examining yourself and what is your sort of role in it, right? There, All of us have sort of a DNA in each problem mm-hmm. or a DNA in, in whatever is going on. So make sure you see first, examine yourself, take time to look at yourself. What could I have done better to maybe prevent that? How, how could I in the future prevent it? You know, for, and what part did I play in yeah. it? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We ha- well, and I think this yeah. is especially true as ahead, leaders, Wendy. you know, because yes. everything rises and falls on leadership. And if it's happening yep. mm-hmm. on our team or in our organization, then it's on you, right? No matter what, it's on you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. I had a situation this week. I, I've had a, a hard week. And I've had a situation this week where... One of my team members had brought something to my attention and we were talking about it. And I responded and I said, you know, I've been really giving this some thought of how I can, in the future, my leadership needs to change to make sure that this doesn't happen or, or team members feel like they can come to me about something is what it was, what we were talking about. And her immediate response was, oh, no, 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 you didn't do anything wrong here. And I, and I said to her, I looked at her and I said, well, actually, everything rises and falls on leadership. Right. So if our team doesn't feel like they can say something about something, and I don't care how big we are, that means that I need to look at the way our leadership is structured. We're not making it open. It does. <laughs> it is my leadership. And, and I thank you for trying to protect me from it. But that reality is it's 100% my leadership. And it's really important for us to own that, look at every situation and own that. I love that, Sarah. And um, and I look back and, you know, I talk a lot about my failures as a leader, kind of in my my first business iteration, the first time I really grew a business and started a business. And looking back, one of the biggest lessons I learned was that I I wasn't fostering an open environment. I was passive aggressive and I I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't making them feel like I cared for them and I wasn't making their voice, their voices felt heard. And so my inadvertent kind of shutting them down and, you know, I caused the defensiveness and I caused the resentment. I, I now mm. realize that, but mm-hmm. I didn't see it at the time. So I think those are some of the questions, you know, am I providing a safe, you know, we say psychologically safe environment? Am I open and receptive to collaboration and, and to their ideas? You know, am I causing this defensiveness because mm-hmm. I'm just like giving directives and steamrolling and top down? These are really good, mm-hmm. I think, leadership mm-hmm. self self-reflection question. I love that. You know, it is. It's the leadership. The leader sets the tone, 
right? The leader, the leader sets the pace of the organization and they set the tone of the organization. And so anytime you have a difficult situation like that, I think it's, it's always so good to look at what part did I play as the leader first? Or what did I tolerate or allow to happen under my leadership? And anytime, I, I think all four of us on this podcast have had plenty of examples where we've, we've had fails and fail forwards. Um, but having, having that extreme ownership in the part that you played, I think, allows vulnerability and transparency to be able to move the conversation forward. And, and I know we need to move on, but I, I just have to add one, one thing to this is exactly what you said, say, and you need to say that yes. to them. Yes, yes, Lead, exactly. lead the conversation uh-huh. with that mm-hmm. and, and make sure you're showing vulnerability and humility in terms of, hey, I see where I need to do better. So don't just like think about it. Uh, actually vocalize it to your team and to the person mm-hmm. if you're dealing with a difficult person. I just want to make sure we, we're very Thank clear. You for we, also that. Tell, yes. we also tell that yeah. to them. You think it yes. and then you say it. Yes, correct. <laughs> exactly. So, so before sometimes you are having a difficult conversation, I think it, it, sometimes when you're getting ready to have to address a difficult person or a difficult situation, before you have that conversation with that person, there's a step before that. And I know this is something that I've utilized many times in my life and with many of you on the podcast is enlist your friends or a trusted colleague to help. And what I mean by that is sometimes when you have a difficult situation you're getting ready to deal with, other people have lived before you. Maybe someone has gone through this scenario and has some lessons that have learned. A great example I can give is I had a massive leadership failure at the beginning of 2020, like right before COVID. It was so awesome. And I had some agents on my team who are amazing humans, right, leave the business. And it was like five of our six agents in a matter of five days. It was real crazy. Mm. And before I walked into our team meeting, this happened between a Friday and a Monday. And um, I had to give a eulogy on the Saturday in between that. And before I walked into our team meeting on Tuesday to let the whole team know what was going on, I actually picked up the phone and called my dear friend, Wendy Papazan, who is our co-host, right? And I called her and I enlisted a friend, right? I, I used my phone a friend. And some of the questions I asked were, you know, I know you've been through some difficult situations like this. <laughs> You're like, hey, this just um, happened to you and, and you didn't do it that well. What would you do differently? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that you didn't do it well. I said, how did you do? What did you learn? What do you wish you would have done differently, right? Um, and But your, your lessons, right? And your fail forwards on some of the things and the advice that you gave me, Wendy, actually saved me. And so... You know, some of the things that you said to me were, you know, I I put on my coat of armor and I walked in and I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. This is not a fun situation I'm going through, but I'm fine. And what I wished I would have done is been more vulnerable and more real and more transparent in the beginning. And I'll tell you what, I was prepared because you and I talked like literally 20 minutes before my team meeting and I was like ugly crying in the car (laughs) on the way into the the meeting. (laughs) And I was preparing to put on my coat of arms to walk in and say I was fine. Mm. And had I not enlisted my dear friend Wendy at that time and called her and asked for her input and advice, I actually would have made the exact same mistake. And the beautiful thing that Wendy said in that moment that really changed the way I approached that is she said, you know, you have to remember that you're not the only one grieving the loss of a team member or going through this. Your team members have this friend that they have lost too. And you need to give them the opportunity to be real and vulnerable and open and transparent about how everybody feels, not just you. And wow. that like 
I mean, yeah, I made my head like, whoa. <laughs> and I totally came out of myself in that moment and into the environment I needed to be. And I showed up as the leader I needed to be in that moment because I had picked up the phone and called Wendy. And had I not done that, we would have had probably a very different 2020. Well, and I think this is actually one of your superpowers, Sarah. You're really good about reaching out to other people and asking for help. And I've I've actually learned a lot mm-hmm. from you. And some of that comes from, you know, sometimes when we're when when we're entrepreneurs and we're I know for me, I'm I have conf- I have a lot of confidence all the time, which is a great, which is great. But a lot of times for a, a pivotal conversation, you really need to bounce it off mm. a trusted friend or colleague. It's just really important. So what one thing, sorry, thank you for saying that, Wendy. And I, I do uh, ask a lot of questions and for help. One thing, just be cautious of who you mm. talk to yes, too. Okay, one of the yeah. things I was that just gonna really, say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like because okay, all and of us are your profits. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> profits. Yeah, choosing exactly. Well, like say calling Wendy. Wendy is outside her organization, that's and right. I and I do think that that's more powerful. And so I want to caution, especially like as as the leader of an organization, I do sometimes see a lot of talk, and sometimes leaders can look at that as gossip, right? And what you don't want to do is be promoting obviously gossip, but what you do want to do is sometimes asking people that aren't as emotionally tied to the situation or to the person. For advice, which is what a lot of us do together, us co-hosts mm-hmm. do together. We're talking all the time. And so making sure we do that, right? I know my husband and I, you know, last I had a very difficult meeting this morning and we're laying in bed and he looks at me and goes, Okay, let's role play it. There you go. I was just about to say that. Yep. I think role so play good. is a huge thing. Yeah. Yep. And he immediately stopped me, like, you're not acting, you're not acting like you're coming from curiosity. (laughs) Like, reword, reword. And here's the thing, here's the thing about that, is that over time, and I know we kind of probably overuse the word tribe, but I'm going to use it again anyway. So over time, what happens with your tribe is we get to know each other's businesses and we do become Mm -hmm. really good advisors. Like, we know your business pretty well now, Sarah, and we kind of know the key personalities involved and and ditto and you know vice versa yeah. with us. Yep. And so it becomes pretty valuable input where it's both objective and then there's a knowledge of the inner workings enough to be able to help. Yes. Absolutely. I think there's also not a, a bad thing in scripting something out first. Like for me, when I'm going to have a really difficult conversation and I have certain points I know I need to make sure that I'm touching on... I actually write a script out and then we'll then role play off of that. Having like, you know, doing theater growing up, that always helped me just to have a baseline. And so having at least notes that I can look back on if I have to, you don't have to read it word for word, but at least you have a backup so that you make sure that you're touching on the things that you would like to see with that person, um, I think helps a lot too. And yeah, it's good and I think then. writing it down helps you separate the facts from assumption, right? When you actually put it down on yes, paper so and you true. take a look at mm-hmm. it, and you're like, "Oh, is so this true. really a fact, or is this is this an assumption that I'm making?" Because Opinion. we all assume yeah. stuff, right? We all make assumptions every day yes. about people's motivations and mm-hmm. why they why they're doing things. Yes. And so often when we have that confrontation with that person, it's like, "Oh, well, that's not really what you were thinking or doing at all." And so that's why you know what Sarah's yes. come from contribution or come sorry come from curiosity. Come from curiosity. Um, it's just yeah. so helpful because, especially if it's someone we don't we don't know and trust, uh, you know, our mindset is to assume is sometimes to assume the worst about that person. 
Yeah, yeah. Yesterday when we were having a discussion about how to handle this difficult situation, I said something like, I, I feel, I led it with feelings. And my amazing director of growth uh, looked at me and she said, feelings lie. Mm-hmm. And so facts, facts are true. Mm-hmm. And so let's make sure. And I was like, yes. Yeah, and our feelings lie to us at times. Mm-hmm. And so let's make sure we're looking. And I was like, yes, you're right. Like we need to. And so it's like, remember when you're in those situations with that difficult person, take the feelings out, look at the facts. I think that's yeah, so good. Wendy. And, and just wrapping up this, you know, this kind of having having other people come in and give you that advice. I will say, and I just wanted to point out that this is a theme. There is not an episode that goes by when we basically don't reference a tribe or or an inner circle of some sort. And it hit me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, every topic we do, we tend to gravitate back towards this as one of the points. I can express just from a foundational perspective how important it is to have a tribe of people you could even bring these these issues to. Like if you yes. don't, let's start examining who's in your life. Are you if you're an empire builder and this is a season of life where that's your focus, do you do you have a tribe of yeah. other and empire if you builders, and if you right, don't that you, you know, could go reach to out to this. us. We'd love to connect you with, yeah, for with sure. uh, other people who are in the same situation that you are. So connect with us on Instagram yep. or whatever that yep. looks like. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Great. All right. So uh, really the next thing you want to do is after you've kind of sorted it out, you've looked for your DNA in it, and then you've maybe sorted out the facts with a friend, you know, a neutral third party, or at the very least put them on a piece of paper so that you can be objective about it. Really the next part is, I think the hardest part, of course, is to approach approach that person mm-hmm. for a yep. private discussion. Anytime you're dealing with yep. a keyword yes. private. Anytime you're dealing <laughs> don't, don't, with don't. a difficult Aww. person, you don't want to publicly <laughs> Call them out. Nobody wants to be, you know, kind of persecuted in public. That's not fun. And you really, you know, come from curiosity. Look and listen. Try to put yourself in their shoes if you can. I mean, that's a huge leadership quality is emotional intelligence. Um, You want to stay calm. You know, there's a big, there's a big part of you that's already super amped up. Really nervous, nervous about having the conversation. Angry, maybe. You know, there's a, yeah. there's a part of your whatever animal brain that's like ah, fight or flight, <laughs> and uh, and so do whatever you need to True. do. Stay calm, neutral. You know, because it's going to show on your body, right? I'm sure the conversation you're having this morning, Sarah, you were feeling it in your body, right? So yes, deep breath. Yep. Take just take a breather. I always yeah. think to myself is is when I'm in those situations, I think okay, if someone was writing a story about how Sarah operated in this mm-hmm. situation, would I be proud Ooh, of the story? That's so good. That's, that's good. So good. Like, yeah. would I would I really be proud of how if you I showed reacted, it to your daughter, especially if it, we, your, yes. or your husband? Mm-hmm. Would they be proud of mommy? Like, I, I think that's an important question, and a lot of times that would calm me down. That. Yeah. One of the things I've learned, I mean, I, I have a, you know, a, a large organization that, that I lead. And so I have, to, I have to deal with difficult people a lot, probably on a weekly basis. And one of the things that I've learned about humans is that they don't like a blind agenda. And so if they don't know why you're meeting, they yes. will use their energy and their focus on trying to figure out what, what we're really here for. True. So when appropriate, yes. what I try to do up front is to state my intention. You know, I am here today because we've been struggling with this issue and my absolute intention and the outcome, my, my favorite outcome that could happen from this meeting would be X. 
That's brilliant. That's why I'm here today. And, you know, another I'm like giant head nodding over here. Like, (laughs) you are. Can I get an amen on that one? Yes. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And and so like the, the intention. So I just, you know, and sometimes I'll say like, you know, you know, Sarah, I just, I want to be crystal clear. That is, that is a hundred percent why I'm here. There's no hidden agenda. There's no hidden mode. I'm here yes. to iron this out. And it is my absolute intention and expectation that we're going to figure out, you know, a way to work forward. Like, so it's just out there. Blind agendas are not good. I, and so that's good. I freaking just, love just that. Stating that's it amazing. Front, it disarms yes. them. They understand why they're there. They understand why you're there. They, okay, I'm not getting the fired temperature. Goes getting, down in the room, whatever. yeah, because yeah. they're waiting for a shoe to drop. Otherwise, you've—I I don't know if you guys have ever had totally. those conversations where you're in—you're in the receivership seat, and all of a sudden you're like, "What? What's coming? What's the shoe? What's the other shoe that's going to drop that I don't know about yet?" Well, what, I live my life. What's going to happen? I'm highly skeptical. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> well, maybe. All, well, maybe that's my problem. But like, if you want to give someone some major heartburn, like I always tell my team, like the worst thing you can do to me is say to me, "Hey, Seychelle, do you have a minute?" Oh no! You're not uh, allowed. You are not allowed to do that with me. No, nope. over the edge because no, I'm like, I do do sleep. I have a minute because you're quitting? Do I have a minute because you are about to get me sued? Do I have a minute because you're drowning and I need to come save you? What what's happening? Like, so I was like, finish don't have the a sentence. <laughs> right, it's never a minute. It's going to be an hour or five minutes. But like, finish the sentence. Do you have a minute to do X? And mm-hmm. I think that you know, if you're working in a difficult conversation, just like Via said state what the conversation is that you need to have so that you're not dwelling in the what emergency or storm am I about to walk into that I don't know about. And the outcome that you want. Yeah, I love the out- stated outcome is great. I love that. I love that. I know there's different frameworks like fierce conversations and I, and those are all amazing and great. And I'm not saying that mine's like this formal PhD research way, but I've just noticed it immediately disarms people. You know, when I start out kind of stating the like attention and the outcome smart. of mine. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Well, and then while you're having that discussion, because sometimes it's not with someone that you work with. It's someone who mm-hmm. who you would have the... You would you live yeah, with. You would have mm-hmm. that discussion. You really <laughs> wouldn't have any control over really what happens. So you do want to talk, you know, I know Sarah mentioned you don't necessarily want to talk about feelings, but I think when someone has hurt you, right, or there's something happening mm-hmm. in your organization that's causing some friction, it's okay to say, hey, this is really upsetting to me, right? Because, you know, it's what they can never dispute your feelings, right? Nobody can kind of mm-hmm. take that away from you. And it's important to start with that instead of attacking them. I think mm-hmm. sometimes we, we say, mm-hmm. you're a bad person, you did this, whereas if you if right. you shift that framework, and this is great for kids too, it's like, hey, you know what? That really hurt me when you talked to me like that. That made mm-hmm. that made me feel bad. Mm-hmm. That made mommy feel bad when you whacked me in the face or whatever they do when they're toddlers. You know, that's that is like classic psychology one hundred and one too. Like having a brother in law that's a psychologist. When Nick and I were dating, we dated long distance for almost six years before we lived in the same city. So we only had like conversation was really, you know, what we had for the first several years of our relationship. And like coming to learn that phrase of like, when X happened, it made me feel X way, completely changed the way I think our relationship grew because we we then had a model and a framework for how to have difficult conversations at a distance when we couldn't see each other's body language. Like, unfortunately, there wasn't FaceTime yet, you know. Cell phones were, you know, iPhones weren't around like they are now. So you know, it was just it, we we had to rely on the on the voice and and the conversation to build that relationship. So that was huge for us, Wendy. It's great. Yeah, and I think that when I was talking about feelings, what I to truly seek first to understand, I think it's good to look at facts. But when you are talking to them, I think it is good to mention when this was said, 
my immediate reaction or how I felt by that was this. And really explain that. I think that's really powerful, Wendy. I agree. I love that. Well, and I have a specific example, Sarah, on that. A couple of weeks ago, I had to have a very, very awkward and tough conversation. Ugh, you know, just I had to confront someone, just a big thing. And I thought long and hard about it. And how I started and frameworked the conversation is I said, I was hoping I could share something. Would it be okay if I shared something with you? And he said, yeah. And I said, I don't know. And I don't think you're aware. But every time you do this, my phone blows up and I get a pit in my stomach and I sometimes can't sleep. Mm. Were you aware of that? Mm. And he goes, no. And I go, I just wanted to let you know how it was impacting me because I know you care about me and I care about you. And I bet, I, I was guessing if you knew that, then maybe you consider doing that because of how it's impacting me. And he he was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Absolutely, just for that, I will not do this. And I'm like, and then let's talk about other reasons you shouldn't do this too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But it just happened, yeah. real world, you know, 10 days yeah. ago. Whatever. Yeah, you bring so. up such a great point with that conversation too, on that the person typically on the other end is not trying to intentionally inflict harm or pain or anxiety or frustration. I would say most people want to look good and be right, right? They want to, they want to treat other people fairly and kind. And so, like, I think sometimes you're so right, people don't even have any awareness of how the emotional intelligence aspect, right? They don't even have an awareness that that impact is happening yep. to you like that. So yep, that's for sure. All right. So the last kind of, you know, I think thing to do uh, when we have someone that's really difficult, and we're having this one-on-one conversation is what is the outcome that we're seeking in the conversation? And that is to really attempt to reach an agreement, a mutual agreement as a way to move forward. That's really, really important that both of you are agreeing, you know, and understanding what the rules of engagement are moving forward in this, right? So that can look like setting boundaries. You know, like you can both Mm. agree to setting boundaries. It can look like one of you, you know, just stopping doing something, frankly. And it can look like, you know, it can be about a behavior and something someone's doing, not a personal attack on the person, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that's an important distinction. But I think that that what's really important just from a script perspective, because I just have to do these conversations a lot, is, you know, I'm pretty consistent about ending these meetings with... So Seychelle, I just just want to be clear. I mean, we're both agreeing moving forward that you're going to do X and I'm going to work on Y. And how do you want to follow up on this? Right. How should we touch? How should we do? Do we want to have a special sign or a code word when one of us is doing this? Because I want you to call me out in real time, you know, in a private, respectful way, and I want to do the same. Do you want to text each other something, or how is that going to look? You know, That's and I'm good. just really careful about defining what the rules of yeah. engagement and are. And following up with an email that reiterates what you said mm-hmm. is really I love that is mm-hmm. with, really so with good. any difficult conversation it's helpful. super helpful. Just like. Mm-hmm. I don't do that enough. Well, that's it's just good. it's just getting total clarity. And then when they're looking at it, they're like, wait, that's not what I thought I agreed upon at all. Because how many times have we been in conversations mm-hmm. where that's happened? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. One of the things I like to do is I write it out and then I first write, okay, my commitment, like, you know, as the leader in this situation is to do X. And I put a bullet and I write it out. Mm-hmm. And then I actually sign it. Mm-hmm. And then I say, and then I heard your commitment was X. And I write that down. And I said, and go ahead and sign this. So then that way, like we oh, all are that. on the same mm-hmm. understanding. And that's for more serious things. Right. But honestly, it's, and I lead it first. Like I'm signing and make a, a commitment to something first to try to make sure this doesn't happen in the future. And then I heard you say that mm. you're going to do this in the future. So let's just make sure we're on, on the same yeah. same page. And that really has and, helped problems. That's a huge aha for mm-hmm. me. I like, I like that. And 
just as we started the conversation at the very beginning at the you know the top of the podcast down to the bottom you're noticing that all of us are leading forward with our part to play or our part to change first and then following it up with the other person's yeah, agreement that's so smart and and if you're dealing with a client you know that's you're probably not going to be doing that that would be super weird <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> True, yeah. Wendy. I've never yeah. done that with the yeah, client. That would be. <laughs> Although all of our agreements say all the things we're yeah. going to do first. Yeah, no, and then it says okay. the loyalty. But to your point, yeah. you're still, I like your email point. Like I needed to be reminded to, yes. to solidify this sometimes. So, but Wendy, you're right. Like we can email totally. a client. Say, like, hey, yeah. 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 I just want to recap what we talked about. Thank you for the call. I do that all the time. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So really, and then, once you're done with the conversation, understand that not all these conversations are going to go smoothly like we're talking about. There's still going to be awkwardness and and anger and and you know that's just a part of human communication and just being a human being. And sometimes you're going to have a client or someone out in the world that's just going to be very difficult. They're not going to listen to you. They've got some kind of framework going. They've already made assumptions. They're not open to any kind of coaching or your feelings or anything and that's okay. But it is important to have the conversation for your own mental health because if that's happening yes. to you, uh, happening so to you a lot, right? Where you're you're kind of stuffing down these conversations, that's going to impact you negatively. But I would say just once that conversation is over, you want to get rid of that stuff. So like discharge all that negative energy. Go yes. for a walk. Do a little deep breathing. You know, shout it out. Whatever you need to do. Go into the you know toilets all in the bathroom like uh, you know just I screamed in a pillow yeah, the other exactly. day yeah, and just sure. and then you know yeah. give yourself some credit say listen you know good job Wendy you you know my daughter my daughter would be proud of me if she watched a video of that conversation or at least she wouldn't be appalled you know so Exactly. Well, I do want to go back before we wrap. I want to go back to something you said because I I think there's probably a lot of people listening to this episode waiting for us to talk about what do you do when you have a difficult client, right? And I just, I want to give that, you know, just a little minute or two because I have a great script that I use. And I usually use this script with the most difficult person in the room. So if someone's an interrupter, I'll use this script on them. And, And what I would say is I would say, Wendy, I could use your help. And that's the script, by the way. I could use your help. Or could I have your help? Could I ask for your help? I could use your help. I'm really struggling with people interrupting me. Would it be okay if you kind of led the pack and not interrupting so that the others will follow you? Now, we all know you're the interrupt, like, you know, whoever the problem person is. And so I've used that with clients before, you know, like, you know, hey, Sarah... I could use your help. I'm struggling because, you know, we're we're marketing this a lot and my staff isn't isn't sending the reports out fast enough. And so would it be okay if you logged in to our back end and you can see it in real time so that we could then send our, you know, three times a week report that we send out or you know, whatever. I, I made that up. Like I don't know. Yeah. But but I do think we should address that. Clients are a little bit different. Like you mm-hmm. can't have them sign an agreement like we just talked about. Do you guys have anything for for really tough clients? I use the exact same script, yeah. You do? Exactly. Yes. That's so cool. And I use it with my team too. I I take the leader and say, I need your help. I I need your help. I need you to not talk like this. (laughs) You know, I I haven't used that and I love it. I'm totally using that from now on. Yeah. Mine's usually customized to whatever the situation is. I think a lot of what we talked about today totally appeals with dealing with difficult people no matter what, not just people in your team. So true. You got to start by examining yourself. 
You need to, you know, have a conversation with somebody else probably before that conversation instead of just jumping into it. You want to have a private discussion with them, whether it's face to face or, you know, by phone or whatever that looks like. Sorry. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We didn't say, but you need to pick up the phone or have it mm-hmm. in person. Don't do it. Do, it. Don't, Over do text not do or text email. or emails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, my goodness. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. When you're having the conversation, it's not an email or text conversation. It is in person or voice to over voice. phone yeah. or Zoom or something. Voice to voice. Exactly. Yeah. Same. Yeah. 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 For sure. That. And then really attempt to, attempt to reach an agreement. And a lot of times when you're dealing with a difficult client, it starts with a owning it, saying, "Hey, listen, we messed up yeah. here. I want to. I'm going to do whatever I can do yeah. to make it right for you." And yeah. then, kind of going into that script that Via talked about, which is, you know, we're going to have this discussion. We messed up, and by the end of it, here's w- what the outcome I'd like to see there. And then, you know, just once that conversation's over, do whatever you need to do to kind of like let it go. So. What a great topic today. And thank you to the multiple listeners out there who sent this idea our way. We so yes, appreciate yes. we so appreciate we the feedback. feedback. Um, if you've got any other ideas for podcasts in the future, we'd love to we'd love to hear them. So you can find all of us on Instagram or on Facebook. So please feel free to reach out. And don't forget, guys, to please leave a rating and review. We love We love it. It means so much to us. And uh, thanks again for joining us on Empire Building. Bye, Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Empire Building. If you like what you heard, join our tribe by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and help us spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and review. Until next time, wishing you a life worth living. And remember, you are an empire builder.